Here at Lady Farmer, we talk about so many different aspects of slow and sustainable living, a subject matter that can at times feel confusing, overwhelming, even misleading. And that's why a few years ago, we set out to write a book that might be a guide for those seeking a life of beauty, simplicity, and sustainability. We're thrilled to be able to offer you our own small guide for cultivating slow living, sustainable simplicity close to home available in our online marketplace. In the book, you've woven an easy-to-digest narrative of stories, recipes, tips, resources, ideas, and reflection. This collection of essays and resources will guide you to think about your own relationship to the planet, what you eat, what you wear, and how you live a sustainable lifestyle. It also contains a 21-day slow-living challenge of daily thought exercises to lead you in the process. For you Good Dirt listeners, we are offering free shipping of this wonderful little book with the code THEGOODDIRT in our online marketplace. So use the code THEGOODDIRT, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-D-I-R-T at checkout when you go to purchase your copy of The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living in our online marketplace for free shipping. That's The Good Dirt at The Lady Farmer online marketplace for free shipping on The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. for joining us today for this bonus episode of the Good Dirt Podcast. In case you're new here, we're Mary and Emma Kingsley of Lady Farmer, a sustainable lifestyle brand. We're here to provide a space for anyone yearning for a slower, simpler, more earth-centered way of doing life on this planet with less stuff and more meaning. From the beginning of this adventure that we started back in 2016, that is seven years ago now, can't believe it, our motto has been Sowing Seeds of Slow Living. So our goal is to help you bring consciousness and intentionality to the choices that you make every day. So you might be thinking, what does sowing seeds of slow living mean? Well, we want to educate and empower you, the consumer, in creating the life you want through more informed decisions about what you eat and what you wear and the products that you buy and use. And by bringing you information and ideas to 
help make those decisions about how you want to live and how collectively we want to live on the planet. I think that in this space, there's a lot of this is good and this is bad. And if you do this, you're not doing good enough. And if you're not doing this and you're doing bad, <laughs> but that's not what the good dirt is about. The good dirt is about exploring positive alternatives and solutions and also holding those in the same place that we hold things that feel impossible to get around. And, you know, the fact that we are recording this on a computer using the internet means we're using a lot of resources that aren't sustainable and regenerative and all of that. So just by nature of existing in the world today, it seems a little bit impossible to be completely the way that we want to be. So recognizing that and then also using this platform and this community and the people that we talk to every week to find ways in which we can be more sustainable, regenerative, and to slow down. So today we are getting a little, a little heady, if you will, a little in our heads, but I think it's a good place to start. Yeah, that was well said, Emma. Thank you so much. And our topic for today is time. We've chosen to talk about this because not having enough of it is such a huge thing for just about everyone. Think of the phrases we hear and use over and over again, probably every day, I don't have time, or I'm running out of time, or there just aren't enough hours in the day. Right. So today we're talking about three techniques or practices that really don't cost anything or really take any time, but they do help slow us down just a little bit and to feel less rushed and more spacious, ultimately will probably help us in making more sustainable choices for ourselves and for our family. Yeah. So before we talk about these three practices, I want to set the stage a little bit by talking about what time actually is, you know, our cultural perception of it and how that's shaped by the language we use in reference to it and so forth. So first of all, what is time? Time is actually a human invention. You know, our ancestors marked time by nature, sunrise, sunset, seasons, and all of that. And then in the Middle Ages, Hours were a way of regulating monastic life into periods of work, prayer, eating, and sleeping, and all of that. And it really wasn't until the Industrial Revolution, when goods were being mass produced by people in factories, that it became necessary to regulate what we call working hours. And now this is something like an operating principle as sort of a collective agreement on when things will happen. That's funny. That just made me think of end of day, EOD. Which, when we think of EOD, what do people think of? 5 p.m. <laughs> but like, that's not the end of the day. So just an example <laughs> of how it's been appropriated. Yeah, again, it's kind of a collective agreement. But it's really interesting to realize that as 21st century humans, our relationship to time is really a very recent development. And in terms of the language we use around time, we tend to talk about it in the same way we talk about money. But when you think about it, it's really not the same because money can expand and contract. We can lose it. We can get it back. We can borrow it. We can put it away for later. We can have none today and lots tomorrow and vice versa. But time is fixed. I mean, we all have 24 hours in the day, no matter our circumstances or where we live. So to talk about spending and saving time in the same way we talk about money sets us up for, I think, real frustration. and. That leads us to our first tip or technique, if you will, in experiencing more time in your day. So you want to tell us about that, Emma? Right. So I think this first technique would be to shift the thinking from spending time to allowing time. 
So if you think of the word spending, you think of the word allowing, those are two very different ideas, right? Spending feels like you're losing something, spending, spending, allowing. I don't know what does it feel like a little bit more open, a little bit more letting in a little bit more in control. Definitely. So to be aware of that, it's helpful to stop and take a couple of breaths and think about everything that you has to get done in the next several hours. And, you know, you might be feeling a sense of frustration. You might be feeling like you literally like you don't have time or a lack feeling like this afternoon, I need to go grocery shopping, make sure I get my exercise in and I got to make dinner. So you're like adding those up in your head and you're feeling a little like maybe cramped and that might feel like a little bit anxiety inducing. But if we just shift that to this afternoon, I'm going to allow time to go get groceries. I'm going to allow time to get my exercise in. And then I'm going to allow the time to make dinner. How does that feel different? Yeah. Well, to me, it feels like I have more control and more agency and more choice rather than saying, I have to do this. I have to do that. And just the very language of allowing time to do something kind of takes away that sense of the time's being taken away from me. Like circumstances are preventing me from having this hour or two to do whatever else it is I think I want or need to be doing. So it's really just a shift in perception from spending to allowing. Absolutely. Especially with the making dinner example, it's so different when you're like, I have to make dinner, I have to spend all this time making dinner instead of even if it's the same amount of time. Say you have an hour. Ooh, I'm going to allow myself a full hour to get dinner done. And it's just like, it's way more fun. You're able to carve out the space that it actually needs as opposed to squeezing it. Yeah, it's kind of like you feel like you're running your own day rather than your day running you. And hopefully, you know, the theory is here that the result of that will be more acceptance of the tasks, less stress. And here's the bottom line. You experience more time around it. That's the idea. Definitely. So that's the first one, really. It's just changing language internally. And obviously, if you change your language externally, it helps internally as well. It Sometimes it doesn't work just to think about things differently in your head. It really helps to say it out loud. So just practice that. Like, I got to spend time doing this. I got to spend time doing that. You're saying, I'm going to allow time for this and I'm going to allow time for that. And hopefully that will allow you to feel less controlled by the things that you need to get done. And you can just shift that perception to have a really powerful effect on how you feel throughout the day. So yeah, now let's talk about the second technique. We call it the making meditation. If you're like me, you might often be anxious about how long a task is going to take you. Will you have time to get that done before the next thing? And you're hurrying around. And this really affects your experience of the task. You know, you're racing through it. You're thinking ahead. You're trying to hurry it. So with this making meditation, like making a meal or making bread, I can either feel in a hurry thinking about all the things I need to be doing instead of this. That's a big one for me. (laughs) Or... I can just consciously decide to enter into the experience of it and notice the process, what I'm seeing, feeling, smelling, and all that. Here's the question that comes up around that. What about when you're trying to do something in a really stressful moment, which are many of during our day? How are we supposed to make a meditation on something like this when the kids are hungry and cranky and you've got to get dinner made and there's chaos around you? How are you supposed to do that? Yeah, I guess the point is that we're not saying that it's going to transform every single stressful moment. But sometimes we make really 
mundane, normal, non-stressful moments, we just like make them more stressful because we're like, we should be doing other things as opposed to (laughs) then when we have the actual stressful moments, that's why we feel like we're about to explode. You know, folding laundry or cleaning or weeding or washing dishes. If it's like, oh, I have to do something. I have to get through this. I'm washing these dishes, but I also have this pile of laundry. Instead of just like being in the moment and present and doing the dishes or folding the laundry in the same way that like being stuck in traffic can feel stressful, but you literally can't do anything else, which I actually kind of like that about being stuck in traffic. It really forces you to be present. So pretend like when you're folding your laundry and you're washing the dish, it's like you're stuck in traffic. Like you just got to sit here and do it. (laughs) And you can let your mind wander actually, because it doesn't take too much brain power to wash dishes or fold laundry. And you can really appreciate the sensory experiences of the task, which sounds really like heady, but it's amazing how much less stressful it is. Yeah. And the, the point is to use your mind and your imagination to kind of transform what could be a moment of impatience, anxiety, even distress into more of a sense of spaciousness, expansion, and in effect, an expansion of the moment. And again, an expansion of your experience of time. It's really just creating a new experience of the time you're in. Definitely. And as a reminder, if we haven't stressed this enough, you hear it over and over again, but it's true. The real foundation of being able to do all of this with your mind truly just comes down to breathing. It's really amazing if you're feeling like you just can't get there. It just It's like physiologic. If you pause and you take deeper breaths and you literally fill your body and your mind with more oxygen and you exhale what needs to be exhaled, it's science. There's no way to not feel more relaxed. (laughs) So just try it. (laughs) Try that as a foundation to these making meditation and then also the spending versus allowing as you're thinking through those things. Start with the breath. Yes. If you need a physiological basis for all of this, that's definitely a place to go. Breathing facilitates all of this. Remembering your breath, being conscious of your breath. Yeah. And just slowing down enough to get a good one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let me tell you about what it's like to drift to sleep on a 100% natural wool pillow sourced from regenerative farms wrapped in a lovingly handmade organic cotton pillowcase. Oh wait, I can't. I think it's just something you're going to have to try for yourself. Holy Lamb Organics is proud to carry on a centuries-old tradition of making beautiful textile products by hand. Combining heritage methods with pristine natural and organic materials and sustainable business practices, they bring a dedication to healthy living and the environment. Everything Holy Lamb does reflects their devotion to the planet and its inhabitants. From their supply chain to their manufacturing processes to their facilities management, Nothing happens without considering the environmental impact. Most importantly, they're also dedicated to fair labor practices, secure working conditions, diversity, and inclusion. From the farm to the mill to their partner manufacturers, everyone shares the same high ideals of a safe, respectful workplace and environmentally conscious methods. Making good products enables them to do good work. Every time we order something from Holy Lamb Organics, we're proud to support a small town made in America company. You can find Holy Lamb Organics in the Lady Farmer Marketplace. For additional marketplace discounts, you can join the Almanac, our member-supported community platform. Find Holy Lamb Organics products including pillows, sheets, natural wool comforters, and more in the bedding section of the Lady Farmer Marketplace at www.ladyfarmer.com. 
So that's two things, allowing for spending and then the making meditation. And then we have a third one. It's called embracing empty space. Do you want to explain about that one, mom? Yes. So embrace empty space. Back in the day when I was studying medieval art history, believe it or not, we learned the term horror vacui, which in Latin means a fear or a dread of empty space because empty space would allow for evil to come through. This is the medieval mind talking. So it's a human impulse we have to avoid emptiness. It kind of feels unnatural or wrong to us. We're supposed to always be doing something because there's so much to do. So if you're not doing anything, then you're missing an opportunity to get stuff done. And so we tell ourselves constantly we don't have any empty time because we're too busy. When in fact we do have it, we really just don't know how to handle it. Right. So what are some examples of that? Well, sitting at a stoplight is one. You mentioned that a minute ago. Or standing in line or being on hold on the phone when you're in these situations. So how do you find yourself typically reacting when you're in one of these situations? Like you're stuck somewhere and you can't do anything else except just be there and wait. I mean, I think it depends. Me personally, because I've sort of learned to practice this, I actually really, and because generally in my life, I'm running around like just crazy. So I kind of like being forced to wait. But I think a lot of people get really frustrated in these moments. I think maybe a common experience of that is that that time doesn't have value, that that time isn't worth anything, that it's just being not used well. Right. But to your point, when you realize that you're racing around all the time and you embrace these opportunities as a time to slow down, it's really, really helpful. When you think about it, empty space is really important. Think of the rests in music, for instance. There wouldn't be such thing as a song or a melody without the pauses. And if you've ever studied just basic drawing, you know how empty space is actually even more important in bringing an image to the page than the actual lines. Empty space is defining. It really highlights the true content of our lives and the things we want to see, hear, and feel, and touch. And it really it removes distraction and it allows us to focus on the meaningful. This practice in itself is a way of helping you be more comfortable with like just empty space. For instance, you can begin by letting yourself sit and do nothing for at least five minutes. This is just a way to start and you actually time it. It's not like a meditation. It's just sitting and it's like letting yourself do nothing. It will probably feel really, really strange. And it's useful to notice that your mind will instantly go into high gear about why you shouldn't be sitting there doing nothing, but, you know, stick with it and all of that sort of thing. It's just really interesting to witness what goes on in your head when you are intentionally sitting, doing nothing. Right. And five minutes of doing nothing actually feels like a really long time, which is so crazy how five minutes on Instagram feels like nothing. <laughs> So that's an interesting exercise. And what does that say about our perception that time is so fast and racing by and that we don't have enough of it, but if we're actually doing nothing, it goes by so slow. Yeah. It's your experience of that time. It's not literal time. Yeah. And I'm sure many of you are thinking, well, you can't do that. You could never do it because you've got little kids running around. And how are you supposed to sit there and just do nothing when all your kids running around? So try practicing it with them. Tell them you're just taking a few minutes to do nothing. It probably won't go perfectly, <laughs> but that's okay. It's just a practice. Yeah, definitely. Think about how 
giving yourself and giving your kids, if you need to do it with your kids in order to do it, giving that permission to not be doing something all the time is really liberating. And it shows that there really is value in just letting yourself be, which is a lot of the kind of the root of this idea of we need to buy ourselves out of discomfort. We need to buy things to entertain us. We need to participate in this system because we get bored and anxious when we're just like alone with ourselves. But I have a feeling that if we practiced more being alone, quiet with ourselves, doing nothing, we would realize that it's not as scary as we think it is. And and we don't actually need to feel as bored and anxious as we might think that we do. So it's tricky and it might be scary at first. But as I said, it, it actually is pretty liberating. Yeah. We don't have to feel the horror vacua. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the horror vacua might really turn into like a pleasurable experience. <laughs> so should we circle back and review these three techniques for expanding time? Sure. So we have the allowing versus spending idea. So that's really just shifting the way that you think about time and trying to separate it more from how we think about money because time and money think of them both as a currency. That's true in many cases. But I think when we're thinking about our day, if we divorce the idea of currency from time and we just, we think of time as not as linear as we might perceive it to be, then it allows for a lot of expansion in our day. So you don't choose what you spend your time on, but how you spend that time. Yes. So change the language in your head. I'm going to allow time to make this meal. I'm going to allow time to do this task and just observe how it shifts the experience in your head and how it also shifts your experience of that time. So next we have the making meditation. And this is simply using focus and imagination to transform these busy moments from rush and anxiety and feeling like you're lacking time into more of a sense of spaciousness and expansion. This is by slowing down, concentrating on the task, noticing the sensory experiences of chopping the vegetables or making your coffee, grinding the beans, smelling what the beans smell like, you know, watching it drip through. These things can really open up your sense of time. And, you know, when you're thinking about things you need to do in the future or something that's happening in the past, you are missing out on the present moment. We've all heard this before. And when you're in the present moment, time is actually not a factor because you're just here now. And here now is a whole new experience for most of us and well worth practicing. So, Yeah. And speaking of here now, the third concept takes that a little farther and asks us to embrace empty space. So we're not even doing anything productive. We're not even doing dishes or laundry. We are just doing nothing in the in-between. This really does help us glean more time in our life by simply valuing these empty spaces, waiting, downtimes, pauses, stoplights. Oh my gosh, buffering. (laughs) Buffering is a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Time really does slow down in those spaces. So that's a good way to collect more time. Yeah. So we aren't really literally making more time because you can't make time because as we said earlier, time is fixed. 24 hours in a day, that's it. Time is something we've made up anyway. We're simply shifting our ideas around it. Since our life is literally just a string of one moment after another, that experience of more time in a single moment can expand to more and more of those moments and therefore 
more of our lives. So we hope you'll play around with these three techniques, the allowing versus spending, the making meditation, and embracing empty space. And let us know how this goes for you and what you might learn or discover. Definitely. And we want to hear about that. If you are experimenting with any of these ideas and you have an experience you'd like to share, please call us. 443-459-1950. We'd love to hear about how it goes for you. You can also email us at thegooddirtpodcast at gmail.com. Another awesome thing to do would be to share this episode with someone in your life who maybe you commiserate with about not having enough time, or maybe you have busy lives together because your kids are the same age and they might appreciate the things that are shared in this episode. Or, you know, we keep talking about kids, but I don't have kids and I feel all these things too. So (laughs) that's not to say I don't even, I don't think it matters what you're exact life experiences. Everyone has all of these feelings of not having enough time. So these can be good practices for anyone. So call us at our voicemail, 443-459-1950. Let us know how it goes. And please share this episode with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Yes. And thank you, Emma, for this conversation. This was so much fun. I enjoyed it. And thank all of you for listening. We will be back on Friday with another interview. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. We love hearing from you. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow living lifestyle community. And the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at We Are Lady Farmer. That's We Are Lady Farmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye. <laughs>